Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Hi, everyone. I am excited to be back with you today. Um, I want to apologize in advance. I will tell you the Porter household has been going through some sickness and now I'm experiencing some congestion. So I apologize now for my voice. Um, So hopefully I will be able to get this recording done and um, it won't sound too bad. Today we are going to talk about um, really how to improve our relationships by improving the relationship we have with ourselves, And that might sound very different or surprising, but it's important. If we aren't working on the relationship that we have with ourself and being mindful of the self-care uh, we are treating ourselves, then it's going to be really hard and challenging to be able to give our best to anyone else. So, Today, we are going to focus a little bit on self-care, and I, I will likely be pulling you know, some content or some information that I've shared from you in prior episodes. So we're going to dive into that today. I know for us, we are gearing up for spring break, and to me, it's one of those precursors of, okay, I get this one-week practice of having all my children at home with me before summer break, and here we are in the midst of this, and I have all my children home with me. And when that happened last summer, I will tell you, it was actually my first summer, I wasn't working a full-time job, and I didn't have my nanny with me. And it was an eye-opening summer for me, because I wanted to give my all to my children and to my spouse when he was available, when he wasn't working. And I really struggled because the self-care habits I had while my kids were at school, I put to the wayside because I did not want them to feel that they weren't my first and foremost priority. And let me tell you, we all suffered by the end of summer because mama was not a happy person and I've used the name Brenda. That's my downward spiral name. But Brenda was showing up often and the yelling mom came out and I was not happy. I was being miserable and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I remember my husband coming home from work and these would be tearful conversations going on about how this desire of mine of wanting to be home with our kids, to be present with them and um, available to them. And me putting them first was all I had wanted since we started our family. And here was my first summer of being able to experience this with them. 
And as weeks and then a month rolled by, it was becoming challenging. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why is it that the thing I've wanted the most is not working for me? And I was feeling miserable. It wasn't till after summer concluded and I took the time to reflect. Did I really hone in on what the problem was? And let me say and tell you, if you're thinking it's having four children, it was not the problem. If it was the sibling rivalry that goes on and the contention, yes, all of that was going on. Yes, we had to navigate that, but that wasn't the problem. The root of the problem was I was not taking care of me. I had put off all of my self-care, all of the things that I had put into practice while my children were at school, the little time that I could focus on just me and the things that fill my bucket. And I set it off to the side and I put all of my time, focus, and attention on them. And what ended up happening is because I was giving and what mom doesn't give and giving and giving and giving to them, giving to those around me in my community, trying to serve all that I was able to. I was giving so much that in return, my bucket by the end of summer was empty. I had nothing left to give. And that was nobody's fault, but my own. There was no expectation that with all of the giving that I was doing, that someone was going to start giving to me in return to help fill my buckets. The minute we make things external or put things external to us to help fill our buckets, we're setting ourselves up for failure. The problem was the self-care practice that I was doing during the school year, I set aside and I needed to bring that forward. I needed to keep that ritual, that practice, that regular focused time on my care. And had I done that, I would have had my buckets full and been able to continue to give and not have my bucket be empty. So this idea of a bucket, if you can imagine a bucket and it is full of, you know, this water that can be overflowing because you have so much to give. You're full of so much love, so much light, so much goodness that you're wanting to give more to others. Well, at the end of my summer, my bucket was empty. I didn't have that light, that love, that fullness within me anymore to be able to give to anyone else. And that's where Brenda reared her ugly head and was yelling and snapping and frustrated and annoyed and had no patience with anyone, no patience with the contention that was going around with my children. It was a very valuable lesson for me to learn. And hopefully this summer, my second summer, I will be able to be fully present and available to my children and to my partner, but in a way which I am still filling my buckets so that I can bring the best possible version of myself forward to them. We all have a bucket. We are all looking and needing that sense of belonging and um, love and connection and 
contribution, you know, in ways of giving to other people that fills our bucket as well. There's so many ways in which we can fill our bucket. The problem is, is if we're not keeping it full and if we're depending on others to help us keep it full, then that's going to be a struggle as well. We need to find ways for us to be whole and complete in all four um, areas. And I'm going to define these areas as physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional. And when we are balanced in all of these areas, then we can operate and show up in our best version of ourselves. If we are dipping low in any of these areas, then there's an imbalance and it will cause problems in the way that we're showing up in our relationships. And it is why self-care is so critically important. And it is not selfish. I can tell you, I had that thinking in my mind last summer, and I think it was the gift that I was given because of the meaning I was assigning my self-care practice that I had to set it aside so I could be present with my children, I was not bringing my best forward. And it was ruining the experiences that we were able to have. So that was the gift I was given last summer, navigating my first summer as a stay-at-home mom with my children. And it was mind-blowing and eye-opening. And I want to just shout out to all of you mamas that are at home giving to your families in these ways, because it truly, it blew my mind how much, you know, me working and having a nanny at my home years prior, how powerful that was for me in order to balance my life. And then when it became my own stewardship, my own ownership, it was challenging. And I took that self-care practice away. And because I had this meaning assigned to my self-care practice that it was me being selfish and me being, you know, not present with my children. I set it aside and it caused its own problems in those relationships and in the way I was showing up. So I have learned that self-care is important and it matters for the relationships you want to cultivate. So In order to keep our buckets full, we need to find ways in which we are taking care of ourselves. And I'm going to just list a couple and you decide what works for you. You decide, you might actually have your own list. You might actually have your own practice. But here were some ideas, some things that I have used in my own practice, in my own ritual, my own routine, and some ideas that I have shared with others. So here it goes. Having a quiet time, a time for meditation, a time for stillness, a time for pondering and self-reflecting and to really being connected to our spiritual being. You know, for me, that is a loving heavenly father that is connecting with his son, Jesus Christ. It is having that time to really feel energized by connecting with that source of where my love and light generates reading a book, scripture study, spiritual study. That's another area in which really has helped me in my journey and feeling that connection. Um, It's also helped me from a personal development standpoint, studying and learning that fuels me in ways that energize me. 
Here's one, and I, I don't know if any of you have heard of Jim Quick, but he's an amazing man. Um, he's the brain guy. I love the statement he has shared, when your body moves, your brain grooves. So when you are learning anything or when your state drops, moving your body will help elevate your state of being. Going for a walk, a run, exercising, dancing, any type of movement will help elevate your state of being. Breathing, having a breath exercise, whatever that might look like, but taking breaths. You hear me often in our call of action. I will mention that. So that's a good one. Journaling or writing, putting your thoughts your emotions, all of that on paper, to write it out, to capture it, that can be something that really helps with your self-care and elevating your state. Listening to music um, or a podcast like this one, that as well can help elevate. And that's what we're really talking about here. I have also learning and and cleaning. Having a house for me that's clean and in order really energizes me again. So um, these are just some of the ideas that I have going for a hike in nature. There are a ton of different things that you can think of, but the important thing is what resonates with you. Think about that and make your own list. And this is a list that you're going to want to be very mindful of because as you dip below into that downward spiral, this can be one of those things that can help elevate your state so that you are able to be more resourceful and respond in moments in your relationships from a better place. In fact, that's actually our call to action. This episode is all about self-care. And so what I want um, for you to notice is, again, that emotional state. As you notice a dip down towards the downward spiral, it may be a good indication that you need some intentional self-care. So having those those that list of things that work for you is going to be important. So you can go to your list and do one of those items for 15 minutes to elevate your state. Being intentional with your self-care. Maybe once your kids have gone off to school or your spouse to work, then you can spend a good I don't know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes doing that ritual, that practice that really elevates your state and being intentional about it. If you can do that practice regularly, then you're going to be able to bring your best in most every situation that you're going to navigate in your day. It is why I do my self-care practice at the beginning of my day. I fill my bucket so that I am ready to face all of the interactions I'm going to have with wonderful people in my life. And I encourage you to establish that self-care practice for you at the beginning of your day. What does that look like? Identify your plan and start being intentional with its execution and practice. As you notice your emotional state dipping, be intentional with that self-care. Maybe it's a time where you just, again, when you're on that downward spiral, You need to, your one number one job is to get your state back up. You cannot manage your relationships when your state has dropped. So be intentional with getting your state back up so that you can respond in your relationships versus reacting. I will tell you 
These are some um, statements that I use in my own relationships to help set where I'm at and, you know, that I need a moment. When my state's well, but I can see where one of my children' state has dropped and they're wanting to engage with me and engage in more of a power struggle because they're so angry, I use a phrase like, you know, I love you too much to engage on this subject right now. Let's both work on our state and then we can regroup on this subject. When things get too emotionally charged, I have used this with my husband. I love you too much to engage on this right now. Our relationship means too much to me to have anger be brought into something to continue a discussion. I use this phrase often. Or, you know what? I feel that my state is slipping in this moment. So I really need to get my state back up so we can continue the discussion. And sometimes I'll just take a five minute breather and then come back in and be in a better place to navigate my family relationships that are so important to me. Those are just a couple of phrases that I use. By all means, leverage, borrow, take it, make it your own. Come up with a phrase though that you can use in those moment-to-moment situations. Remember, this life is about progress, not perfection. Awareness is the first step to becoming. Join me next week as we continue to change the lenses through which you see your relationships while becoming enlightened. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Relationships. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, then please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to help share this message with others.